Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. And today, my special guest is the lovely Laura Lacamara. She is an award-winning author and children's book illustrator, and she has written, um, actually, a story called Floating on Mama's Song, inspired by her mother, but she also illustrated the lovely Dahlia's Wondrous, Wondrous Hair and the Runaway Piggy. Hi, Laura. How are you doing today? Hi. Hi, Nancy. I'm doing good. Thanks. Well, it is such an honor to have you as a guest today. I was nervous, like asking you, you're so nice. You have been so like, and this is just for those who are listening. This is just purely just in a chat, um, like Twitter. And I was like, oh, she's so nice. And she's so friendly. And she's so <laughs> skilled as an illustrator. She's been doing this for so long. And <laughs> I, and I mean that as a compliment. I apologize. I don't mean to sound like oh so long, but like it, it just uh, and the and the colors you're using in your artwork. I think those are fantastic, and the textures. And um, so I I wanted to ask you uh, because you do writing and illustrating. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I really appreciate all that. <laughs> and you're very nice too to you know to ask me. I was honored. So yay. Aww. Well. <laughs> It's a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> but but okay. I would I would love for the audience to hear a little bit more about, you know, what inspired you to become an artist and especially author illustrator. Well, um, you know, ever since I was a little kid, I mean, I was always that child in the class that um that could draw. I was always the kid that other people would come up to and say, could you please draw me? You know, usually a cartoon animal of some kind. Could you please draw me a pig or an elephant or whatever it is? And um I remember like I remember even in fourth grade, my third grade teacher sent for me to go to class, to her third grade class, and draw a bunny rabbit on the chalkboard. And in front of her whole class, just because it's like, oh, Laura knew how to draw. Let's go get her. And I just felt like, honestly, to this day, that's one of the, my most validating and honoring, um, you know, uh, things that happened to me as an artist. Like, I really felt validated. So and I grew up in a very creative family. So my father was an artist and a graphic designer. My mother used to played piano and used to be an opera singer in Cuba, where I was born. Wow. My that brother so cool. became an actor and a playwright. So it's like, Whoa. everybody, I, I know there's a lot of people, friends of mine who are like, oh, my parents wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer. And I, they never uh -huh. validated because I wanted to be an artist. And there was like a crushed soul and all that. Well, that's one thing that I'm very fortunate. Like They didn't discourage me from being an artist because everybody uh -huh. in my family was kind of in that in that sort of vein so <laughs> that's amazing oh and me. so oh and and so how I became how okay that was just uh -huh. my childhood let's get started wow. on my whole childhood no um yeah. and no um so basically after that um I as an adult made was making my living uh -huh. in, take that in air quotes my living I never made uh -huh. a lot of money but whatever I was making my living um doing illustrating graphics for imprinted sportswear Okay. And on as a freelance, I've always been freelance, by the way. Oh, <laughs> and wow. on the side of that, I was pa doing paintings and exhibiting my work. Oh. And so one day, one of my friends saw one of my paintings and said, your art would work would be perfect for children's books. And I was always wondering about that. Like, but I didn't feel like I had, I love picture books. 
-hmm. always. But I didn't feel like I had um, the skills, you know, the confidence and certainly not the experience to be illustrating children's books. But at that same time, I just happened to meet Joe Pita um, in the artist, Graphic Artist Guild, and he became a friend and he's a um, well-known illustrator and author now of uh, children's books. So he showed me, um, you know, some of his books. I went, he gave me a little tour of his studio and I was like, oh my God, somebody actually illustrates children's books for a living. And he had this great studio and he was like really like professional. And so from that encouragement of, of all that, I decided to sign up for a children's book illustration class at Otis uh, College in, in Los Angeles, in the area that I live. And um, so it was children's book illustrating, but the teacher encouraged us to do a, to write our story too, so we'd have something to illustrate. And that's where I wrote um, the first the draft of my first book, Floating a Mama Song. Um, and when I wrote that, um, it, everything was happening really fast. Like I wrote the story in the class. It was a 10 week course. Wow. A few like short time after the class, it was um, I had my dummy ready to show agents. And then I showed my, I joined SCBWI, which is the most amazing organization, Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. And I also showed my family my, my story, my book dummy. It was about my mom. It was focused or like inspired by my mom, who was an opera singer in Cuba, as I mentioned earlier. And I wrote this song, this, this book, because it was a very personal story about a, a little girl whose mother sings so beautifully that everybody floats above the ground, even the animals, and then chaos ensues and all this stuff. But I was inspired and it was my story. And I, I did the pictures in the dummy. My family, you know, I showed my family and my brother said, oh, I know some, my friend knows some agents in New York. And so he gave me the names and I sent my manuscript and dummy to three agents and one of them said yes. I mean, it was like unbelievable. And then a few months later, Harper Collins bought my book. <laughs> so it was like, bim, bam, boom. It was very unusual. I would go to mingles and stuff for SCBWI and I'd be like, oh yeah, cause I, I was new, I didn't know. So I was like, yeah, I got my agent and then my book's coming out with Harper Collins. And they'd be like, what? You know, like it takes years to get to that level. <laughs> what happened? And I just, I just got lucky and things just lined up. And, and the only thing is that HarperCollins didn't want, they only wanted my story, not my illustrations. So, um, because I was too new, they wanted to pair me up with another illustrator. And so they got the amazing Yuya Morales, which is great. But at the same time, it was kind of funny. And I was a little upset because I wanted to illustrate. I started out as an illustrator, but my first published book was as a writer. So it was really strange, you know? And then after that, I did, I still wanted to be illustrated. That was my main thing. And so I sent, I kept sending postcards to different publishers and that took a little while, but eventually one of them answered. And then I, I got to illustrate my first book, which was um, The Runaway Piggy, El Cochinito Fugitivo. All my books are bilingual, Spanish and English, by the way. So that's how it all started by that time I, you know once i got that thing going i illustrated other books until i i wrote and illustrated dahlia's wonders hair that was my my favorite book to do because i did both so i i did like those four books and then i had the one i wrote at my first book which which was the um floating a mama song Oh, wow. That's how it all began. <laughs> the oh the rest God. of the story is not as exciting, but that's the beginning. <laughs> wow, but that's like a roller coaster. I mean, how did you feel emotionally during that time? Because, like you said, it was very quick. That is very unusual 
like how are you feeling emotionally just having that all happen well i i was very excited and thrilled when i first got my um you know contract for the uh for the book that i uh harper collins book that i wrote but i mean I didn't know what to feel really because I, I was also kind of very upset that I wasn't going to illustrate the book. I'm like, well, wait a minute, you know, but you know, in looking back at it, it was it was the best thing that could have happened. I really wasn't prepared to illustrate a whole book at that point. I didn't know what it entailed. So thank God for, you know, you, you, Morales being there, but um, uh, it, it, it was tough. It was, it was strange. Um, and I, you know, the, there was a funny thing that wasn't that funny, but it was, I didn't mind it that much, but other people like, oh, really? Um, Yuya Morales was such a popular illustrator that she had a waiting list because she had all these other books to illustrate. So I actually had to wait five years for my book to come out. Yeah, I signed the contract five years before the book came out. And um, People are like, oh God, you, you know, every time they'd see me or whoever would see me, they'd be like, how's your book coming along? Why is it taking so long? And secretly I was happy because I was, I'll, when you asked me how I was emotionally, I just remembered how I was emotionally. I was like, all of a sudden I'm getting this book, but I, I felt like I was really in fear that I was just a one trick pony. I was really in fear that there was nothing else in me that the, I would never like have another idea as long as I live and that I would never write another book or illustrate another book. And I was dying to prove that there was a second book somewhere, not like a sequel, but like another book that I'm gonna either illustrate, write or both. I swear people, but I was like, oh no, like people are gonna, I was, like, I was already thinking people are gonna go, what have you done lately? You know, all you've done is that. <laughs> you, you came out with a bang, but then you fizzled out. You know, so I was always so afraid so those five years, I was like, good, I have some time to develop some other stories or, or maybe hopefully illustrate some books or get some, you know, things going. So I, I was like, okay with it. And eventually, and then it came out. And by that time, I did have another book that I was, my first book that I illustrate, not written. Okay. And The Runaway Piggy, I had already gotten that contract. I'd already illustrated it. And so... It was funny because both books came out within a couple months of each other in the same year. The first book I wrote and the first book I illustrated, they both came out. So, um, you know, and so I kind of felt like, okay, I've, I'm not a one trick pony, maybe, you know, but I also still wanted to write another story. I was writing stories and stuff, but, um, you know, a lot of them just didn't go anywhere, but um anyway <laughs> oh that's that makes me feel better because it's like you like I've been dabbling in the writing and I've been taking classes for writing and that makes me feel better because like I I worried the same thing like I I did yeah. the the one and I just finally it's out on submission but it's just like that fear of like is that the only story that I have in me and will yeah. I be able to do this again and then it's like I wrote a lot of bad stories and writing some more bad stories but then like there's this one that I recently wrote over the break I was just like oh, this might have a chance. I, I actually like this. I was like, I'm enjoying <laughs> reading it, writing it, and I'm reading it aloud to myself. And I have, you know, I haven't shown it to my critique group yet, but I was like, you know, it's that personal story, like what you mentioned, like you took something from, and it, and it, and I kind of did that the same thing about something yeah. I, I don't know. It was just, it's that great thing about like, I don't know when you go like, oh, maybe I can do this again. And it's, it's challenging, but a lot of fun. Yeah, that's true. And um, 
throughout the years, I've known people that, especially writers that don't illustrate, who just get stories like crazy, I mean, ideas like crazy, like they have a whole file cabinet full of all these great ideas for picture books. I do not. I'm like, oh, really? I get a story idea, and then it like I have to kind of mull it over and figure it out from all angles and stuff. And I don't, I don't think I'm good. I don't think, I think I'm kind of linear, even though I'm an artist, right? I think I'm kind of linear. I don't think I'm good at like um, juggling a bunch of things at once or having a lot of different ideas percolating. I kind of like come with one idea. And because of that, it's just, I guess the way I work, but because of that, then I think, oh no, I will never get another idea because I can't at that moment focus on anything else but one, but the one in front of me. So it's like, <laughs> oh, that makes me feel so much better, Laura. I was like, oh, really? oh my goodness, I because I've, I've you know you talk to I talked to all these creators. Everybody has a different process, and it's like some people are the serious idea generators. Some people are yeah. like they can whip through. Like I, I didn't, and I wanted to ask you about your process of the writing versus when you author and illustrate because it's so fascinating to me because you've done like all these different things. Like, and, and I was curious about like. Is it different for you when you are just the author as far as the process? Or is it the same as if, I mean, we, we, without the illustrations, as if you were the author illustrator, as far as how the story progresses? Is it paper first, pencil? I mean, I don't, I was curious well, how you work that. Yeah, with, um, well, definitely when I'm, when I was uh, doing, uh, just being the illustrator and not the writer, then they would just already give me a polished manuscript. So I wasn't gonna do editing. I mean, there was a couple suggestions I had sometimes. Sometimes they wouldn't take it because they're like, yeah, you're the illustrator, get lost. No, I'm just <laughs> no. But um, they would, you know, give me the manuscript. And so I would take the manuscript and, um, you know, look at each scene and maybe draw a tiny little thumbnail in the uh, manuscript on the manuscript paper next to that theme and start thinking about um, how I could I could interpret what's going on and add my artistic side to it. Um, on the other hand, as author illustrator, actually with Dahlia's Wondrous Hair, which is the one yeah. that the author illustrator project that uh, is published. Um, so far is um, I did write the story first because I wasn't sure I was going to be the illustrator. So I wrote it first and then um, I was asked to illustrate it as well. So with that story, I mean, I had some people tell me because during that story, um, this uh, Dahlia wakes up and finds that her hair has grown straight up to the sky, tall and thick as a Cuban royal palm tree. But she just suddenly finds that. And I had one. Um, a couple of editors say, I can't picture all that hair just flying up to the sky. And I was thinking to myself, neither can I. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot. And, oh, and, then, and then when they asked me to illustrate it, like of the publisher that ended up buying it, I'm like, oh, damn, now I got to picture that. You know, it's, <laughs> like, it's weird. And then I did it. I did the thing you sketch, you sketch, you sketch until you finally go like, oh, this is working. And I was able to kind of go like, what kind of hair do I want? You know, and all that. So that, that even for that one, it was kind of a process of me writing, getting a manuscript, which in this case happened to be mine, getting a manuscript and then um, doing the pictures uh, to, after the thought, after the fact. Now with um, the project that I have out on submission right now, which is called mm -hmm. um, Alfonso, the one of a kind Cuban crocodile. Mm -hmm. 
this story, I um, definitely went back and forth. You know, like I would sort of draw the write the idea, and then I would sort of draw a character that I thought would fit the feeling that I'm looking for. And then that character would say something maybe, and then that would, you know, have me do the story again. So I definitely went back and forth between the story and the pictures. Also, that story has more interaction between the narrator and the um, the character. So that kind of almost was required in a way, I thought, you know, to bounce back and forth. So it, I wouldn't say the pictures come first or the writing. I would say it goes back and forth. Interesting. And so with those different experiences, like, has some stories taken you longer to process or some are very quick? You just kind of were able to just, you knew, like there was, you just like, I, I'm curious. You mean the stories that I originated or yes. the stories that I the got? Ones, the ones oh. that you originated that oh, you I were see. author illustrator for. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. I should clarify. You were the author illustrator for like, um, you know, uh, Dahlia's hair. And now yeah. with the, the crocodile story, I mean, yeah. did you, it, I mean, did it just kind of just flow out of you? Do you? Does it take you three months, six months, years? Or, I mean, <laughs> I was just curious. Well, um, for Dahlia's wondrous hair, it definitely took a long time because I had all these different versions of that story. I mean, at first she was in school and she had a friend and they were both like, you know, and there was like a, she, for show and tell, she, she had the hair, but she, she like a nest of like um, birds and their babies, like fit, special kind of finches or something took nest in her hair. So she decided to come to show and tell to show the nest of, of babies that had hatched. And that was like the, and then she was in school and then she had a friend and then, well, I mean, it was completely different. The only thing that was the same was she suddenly woke up and had hair, this tall hair. And, you know, so I went through all these different like um, uh, revisions of that story. There was a couple of other versions until one day it hit me what I, you know, this idea that was the final idea with where she planted little caterpillars and at the end butterflies come out of her hair and so um once i got that version that's the one that you know people liked and that's the one that i managed to sell but um no it's it's not easy and with or it's not quick for me nothing's quick for me and for for the crocodile story um that came after a period of like reinventing my style and everything which i can talk about later but Right now, just to say, um, that one actually flowed. I was cautiously optimistic as I went through the story, but I was very inspired during almost the whole process, which is kind of unusual, I thought. And um, it sort of flowed from one thing to the next. Now, of course, I needed multiple critiques on it and all these things before I finalized it enough to show an agent or to um, try to get it out there. Um, but it did, it did seem to flow, but it wasn't quick. I mean, it was a couple of years really like percolating and doing different um, uh, parts of it. And cause I was at the same time doing um, a new kind of art. So the whole process was not just the writing or not just pictures, but it was like 
very involved. So yeah, it took me a while. <laughs> wow, such uh, that amazes me, and it's such um, such a journey to get to that point. I mean, yeah. um, to to know that that's the one, that's the version. Because I always wonder, like, it's like you go down like. And it, you're just so, so good at exploring all your options with your story. I feel like um, it's inspiring me. Like I need to keep trying with some of these stories to do more with it and see where I can go with that. So thank you. Yeah, but you know what? At the beginning, it took a while to be like that because I think at the uh -huh. beginning I was like, I had an agent with a floating mama song, and he was saying, "What else do you got?" you know, because oh. um, people want to see more from you now. Wow. And I thought there was something in me that thought, well, I don't know what other stories to do. I'll have to really think hard, but maybe um, anything I write now will be accepted because I wrote the other story. Well, I kind of found myself showing my agent a couple of um, almost like redoing the same story, but only slightly different with oh. a girl now who's like, you know, finding her grandmother's drum. And now she's like doing this moon dance and oh. finding her self-acceptance. But it was a little bit kind of floating a mama song-ish, oh. but it wasn't as good. So I was oh, like, okay. And I did like a bunch of versions of it everybody like it was completely rejected and I was a little surprised you know by the in the submission process some people said hey this is kind of good and it's but it's not quite there for me or whatever uh -huh. and and even a version before that which definitely was not that good they were saying the end is very predictable you know it's like I know what's going to happen so I didn't really know how to write a story in a way I, I had to really learn more I just happened to kind of get it right with the first story but I I didn't know how to do it again right away it took me a while and I, in the, in between I was doing illustration and then working on stories kind of off to the side wow so. that's amazing and, and so um that's fascinating to me like how you've done all this and like just from one thing to the next and I I was curious though so how do you manage, you know, you talked about like doing all that. Then you were saying you were experimenting with a style. I'd love to hear more about that. And then how you managed your time doing all these things. Well, um, one of the ways I manage my time is that years, <laughs> we're talking about a few, many years are going by, but um, it is really hard to manage. It, that's always been like, if you ask me, what's my number one thing, it's managing my time, finding enough time. Cause I have a, you know, a family and I, a teenager right now, and she's got issues and she's super difficult. I mean, I, you know, sorry, <laughs> she's oh, not no. super difficult. I hope you don't hear this. <laughs> I don't think she's going to listen to this. She doesn't care, but um, <laughs> she doesn't care about me or my career. No. Um, the thing is that um, it is hard because you have to have a rounded life too. I'm not the kind of person who could spend 12 hours in my studio every day. I'm just not. I've got family responsibilities like most of us and mm -hmm. a bunch of other stuff going on. And um, so there's that. But um, there's also like, I've always been really driven in a way, wow. you know, not like to be like 
famous or rich or anything, but just to like do my art and put it out in the world and have people actually go, oh, that's funny. Or, oh, I like that. Or, oh, that's so touching. I want people to see my stuff for how I see it. And it's just, to me, my it's a thrill that um, when I can write something and then I feel like somebody actually wants to publish this or they like it. And then I kind of feel like, woo, you know, like, I can't believe that, you know, but it's, it's kind of like, um, sort of, I'm very motivated and I'm very sort of driven and I'm very passionate about, um, what I'm doing. And, and, and for a long time, it's been children's books. It's my mm -hmm. really, really love the whole thing. I think it's such an art form. And I, I, I'm always like buying them, checking them out of the library. I read them every day, picture books. I'm like going, I go crazy. I'm kind of like a little crazy about it. So. But um, in terms of, yeah, so was that, your, did that oh, answer? Oh, yeah. 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 But, and then I was wondering, you had mentioned you, um, you would share with us like that exploration of style, like what, oh, yeah. what made you think you needed to, you know, change your style or, um, you know, what prompted that? Okay. So that was kind of um, a period in my life. Um, what happened was. First I got, you know, like I said, everything happened quickly. I published a book right out the gate and all of that. And then I started illustrating and I never took an illustration class in my life. So I was a fine art major in college and I have always been doing art and I have a tendency to do very complicated, layered, rich kind of art. And I thought, well, now I'm going to illustrate a book so I will do my art in that, which is fine. And it was fun and passionate and great for a while. But what happened was um, on about book four of illustrating, I was starting to feel like a loss of joy. I was starting to feel like I was laboring, like I was doing intense labor. And I got to a point with the last book I illustrated, which is Mama the Alien, and it's a beautiful book. And I even like really tried, I'm always trying to simplify my style, but I didn't do enough to, to really simplify it. I just sort of like maybe changed the surface I was working on or whatever. Like I was working on wood this time. Wow. And, and I got the idea from Rafael Lopez, who's a great illustrator. I even went to his studio and he showed me his technique and you, you put tape down and you cut and you use this masking. And I was like, wow, oh, that sounds so great. And he did it really fast because it was his thing. And so I was on the last book I illustrated. I'm like, yeah, basically what I'm trying to say is the, the technique I was using was so laborious that it would take me so many hours and so long to illustrate a book, uh -huh. I would talk to other people and they're like, it took you that long? It shouldn't take you that long. And I was just like, well, gosh, cause I have to, and I, you know, cut out uh -huh. things and then you know that, right? Yeah. And I was doing like, Dahlia's Wonders hair has this part where it has all these little leaves and flowers. I mean, every one of those was me cutting out a tiny little fabric leaf or paper and gluing it on and then painting it. So, I mean, it was like each, each, scene I was treating like a complete work of art and I would take however long it took because I was too much of a purist and I still am in a way um where so what it's my art and it's got to be just the way I want it anyway after book four after this new technique with the wood it was still just it took me just as long and it was 
it was like too much. And that book was a book for some, uh, for another writer. So I wasn't as passionate about it because it wasn't my work. It wasn't my writing. You just, I just didn't feel as committed to it. And yet I had to commit to it because I had a deadline. So I ended up feeling like my book was illustrated. First I uh, published one book and that was great. And then I went on to illustrate four books. And then around book four, I hit a wall. And I was like, this this style that I have committed to, it was, I chose to do it. Nobody made me do it. Yeah. It's not sustainable. I just felt like I cannot illustrate another book in this style. Oh my God, I have to quit. And then I thought to myself, or I'm going to have to reinvent my style because I, I literally cannot illustrate one more book in this style because it's going to literally make me physically sick. I can't stay up every night till two in the morning. I can't, I just can't do it. And so um, what I did was I, um, I decided to stop. I, I even turned down uh, projects that came to me from other, um, uh, <clears throat> sorry, writers to illustrate books. I turned everything down. I just stopped and I'm like, I'm not illustrating, but <clears throat> I decided to take a chance and see if I could, recapture the joy because what it was is like a lot of labor the joy almost you can't see it i can't feel any joy anymore almost in this process so the first step i took and i so i like i stopped everything right i'm not doing anything i'm reinventing myself period the first thing i did was i looked through my childhood art that i had stored away and i was looking through and i was looking because at that time i was doing it completely in joy like i just want this is so joyous it's so lovely and I wanted to see what it felt like, or I mean, what freer, more joyful art looked like and what it, and what I was into at that time. Like, mm -hmm. what was I into then and what's missing and how can I recapture mm -hmm. some of this? And so I looked and looked and I, it was really eye opening. I mean, I found one of the main things I found is that I, I really missed illustrating little cute animals. I know it sounds like oh, trivial, but it's not. It's like cute animals doing and funny things like kind of like funny I, I was like you know i would do a couple little books and i had those still and it was like like for example i had one about a crocodile interestingly enough and it said um like it was a page of how to take special care of pets and one of the pages and all these different exotic pets and one of them was like your pet alligator and it was like and this is i wrote like in fourth grade or something give your pet alligator, and it was cute little alligator i drew give your pet alligator plenty of meat every day so he won't Aww. eat up your friends so, and it's like like just funny and so i was thinking okay i'm seeing this i miss doing animals and i miss doing more humorous because that's what i used to do and so i committed right then and there i committed myself to a, experimenting however long it took uh -huh. to just um try different techniques and one of the things that i realized i had to do because i kept drawing or painting with the same kind of paint like acrylic uh -huh. paint and i realized and on the same kind of surface i realized i need to use different kinds of paint I, you know so i tried all different kinds of things and i and i ended up really loving this acrylic gouache which is a combination of gouache and acrylic paint. So it doesn't like, you don't see layers underneath it the same way you do regular gouache, which sometimes throws you off. But at the same time, it's not like this big plastic medium. Like it's, it's more, um, a little bit more matte and it just adheres to the surface so beautifully. 
So um, I, I tried with different paints and then I came up with, I really like this paint and I started to look at different um, animals and just try different characters. And during this time where I was experimenting with technique, I was also kind of open to ideas like what idea do I want? And one time I was driving along and I heard the song and I, by the uh, um, Romantics, I think it's like, that's what I like about you. That's what I like about you, oh, yeah. you know, or whatever. You really know how to dance. And all of a sudden it just come, came to me. Like I was driving my daughter to like ice skating or something. And it came to me, oh, what if there's a crocodile, who, a Cuban crocodile who loves to dance and wants to mambo, but his family doesn't approve because they want him to be, ah, you know, tough and a mean crocodile. But he's going against that because he just wants to dance. And then from there, that was a little seed. And then I kept drawing and one thing led to another and I, and during this whole process mind you uh -huh. i was completely frightened and excited uh -huh. i was like oh no this is not gonna work i don't i've tried uh, simplifying before it's never worked it's not gonna work now you know like the self-doubts creeping in and then at the same time i'm like this is actually fun i'm actually enjoying this and this like i i just like put my foot down I'm like i'm not doing art unless i enjoy it period and i just like i made that commitment to myself and um with like just as a you know caveat or however the word would be um i'm perfectly aware that every project no matter how inspired it is is going to feel like hard work at some points it's going to feel laborious at some points but what i realize is the difference is if i have enough joy i'll balance i'll offset some of the labor intensity and it'll balance it out. So it's a balance of feeling joyful, but also you're working hard and you know it, but you're not just working and you just feel like a machine, just, you know, I'm trying to get the art out, but you don't have any feeling or connection anymore. Yeah. How I got to. And so that's why for a few years, I just worked on that and worked on the story. And I still like every step of the way, I'm like, I don't know if anybody's gonna see this. I don't know if it's gonna be good. I don't know. I don't even care. It's just, I'm experimenting. I may never draw or do another book again. It may not ever happen, but all the while I'm thinking, but I hope it does, but I hope it does. And, and then, you know, I kept going until I finally did have a couple of, I did do my illustration with a couple of these, um, uh, for my, I did create a book dummy with sketches and a couple of them in color with a new style. And then I got to a point, it took a long time, lots of critiques, lots of everything until i mean it might have taken like almost three years to do this whole book oh and the and the experimenting and the new style and the color the two color art pieces i think it took about that time and then i was finally going like i think i'm ready to look for an agent and that's oh that's how long you know um that's how my journey went like fast slow and experimental and then reinventing and then phase two or three or whatever it is <laughs> Wow. So then how did it happen that you um, got signed with Tara? We both have, for those who are listening, um, Tara Gonzalez is our agent. And yeah. so how did that relationship develop? Well, what happened there was, um, like I said, I was ready to start querying agents with my book dummy. You know, I have a project now. I can look for an agent. And um, I, at the same time as querying, 
you know, I, I knew from experience, because this is my third, I was going on my third agent. See, I my first agent that sold that first book, mm-hmm. after a while, he retired. And then I got another agent right around Dahlia's Wondrous Hair. And after a while, she scaled back her business and basically mm-hmm. dropped me as a client. So I was a little bit like, oh, my client, my agent doesn't love me anymore. She kind of dropped, dropped me. And then there was a period of several years where I didn't have an agent. And that's when I was doing this reinventing that I was talking about. So when I was finally ready to start querying with my new project, um, I knew from experience that um, querying is good, but also if you have any connection, if you know any friends, writer friends or whatever that can introduce you to their agent, it's, you know, you're more sure to get a response from, from those agents. They're not just going to ghost you. They're going to let you know one way or another. Right. So, um, I, I approached two friends. The first one, the agent uh, was really nice and, and, but wanted to completely change my book. She, like it's set in the countryside. She wanted it set in like downtown Havana and like in an apartment. I mean, I was just like, what (laughs) you know and so i was like thanks for your support you know and all that but it's not going to work because we don't have the same vision of my work like she wasn't going to be a good champion for my art or for my style and then um and then margarita engel who's a friend and a fellow writer she's a great children's book writer um uh i happened to ask her too i'm like do you know any agents and she said well I do know Miranda Paul. She's a friend. She's a writer, a fellow writer, because she's a writer, and she's also an agent at um, Aaron Murphy Literary Agency. I'll um, so she agreed to contact her on my behalf, and it was I was like, "Thank you, Margarita. That's so great." A month later, I heard from Miranda Paul, and she was lovely, and she said, "I I actually love your story. I mean, it's great, but I'm not taking on any new clients right now." However, I showed it to my office mate, my agency mate, Tara Gonzalez, who's also Cuban American like me, and she loved it. And she wants to have a conversation with you. And I'm like, whoa, I was like running around my house going, ah, because I didn't know anything. Like, I didn't know where it was going or anything like that would happen. I just was hoping, but, and so I was so excited. And then we set up a phone call and it was pretty quick. I mean, I really felt during that phone call, like she was really loved my work would really be a good champion and for it and she was young and had energy and i just felt like she would you know be a great person to represent to represent me and she really offered me representation so it didn't take too long within a week i was signing with her and uh that's how i got tara gonzalez as an agent Wonderful. Well, I do agree. Tara is very enthusiastic and she's just very supportive. And she, yeah, she really, I feel like she, yeah, she really cares about like, oh, I I believe in this. And you're you're just like, it's so nice to have a cheerleader behind you. And And she's also editorial. So um, one thing that she's offered is to um, look at you know, anytime look at other stories that I've written, but I so far I haven't <laughs> shown her anything else. But I'm thinking, but I, I'm like, what? I should. I mean, she's there. She's available. You know. So, but yeah, she's great. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that with with us. And yeah. I know there will be other stories. This is like amazing to hear your process and how you you work so hard on your stories that that they, you've you've literally grown them like a child just like a three-year-old like you know know. done all that work for and um that's 
Uh, I'm sure it'll get sold. Yeah, that's amazing. So with with all of this that you've done and you look back at your journey, do you if you could go back in time Mm -hmm. uh, in a time machine and offer yourself some advice to Uh that younger author illustrator who would Uh just kind of come out of the gate, what would it be? Well, I think I would I would really say something like um, you uh, if kind of like the thing about the joy, I think if you feel like the joy is leaking out of it and you're not feeling it anymore, then um, and you feel like the labor of the work is way overshadowing the joyous part, then stop and look at your process and see if there's something you can do to reclaim that joy. I mean, that I think is is an important thing because sometimes you just want to like fast, fast, fast. Like I got another thing. Like um, I would barely start like doing maybe that wood technique or whatever that I was trying at the very end of that book I illustrated that was tough. Um, I really didn't have enough time to kind of play with it. And it's like, okay, you got to start doing the, you know, things because you have a deadline. And it is hard because, of course, you want to get paid and you want to make a living and you want all that stuff. But you also have to think about your happiness as a as a creator. And um, like anything, you know, you have to keep the joy alive. And sometimes, you know, you go through stages where first it's good, but then if it starts to not be good, then you got to look at that and not just let it you know, drive itself into a ditch until you're like, you know, miserable or something. So yeah, I think that's what I would say. Well, that's wonderful advice. I will definitely keep that to heart. And I, yeah, it's just, it's wonderful advice to have. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I know that um, everybody's enjoyed the conversation and been talking about how great your artwork is, but it's a podcast and no one can see it. Where (laughs) can they see your work online? Well, they could go to my website uh, at, you know, lauralacamera.com, www.lauralacamera.com. And, um, you know, I have all, I have my portfolio there um, and also facts or information and links to my books and, that I've published. I mean, it's not like super updated, but during the pandemic, I was, I kind of haven't been really keeping up with like, for example, I've I've done a lot of presentations at schools and libraries. Mm -hmm. I mean, tons. And, um, you know, like we all who were doing presentations, we weren't doing them online anymore. So I've done virtual ones. I mean, in person anymore. So I've done virtual ones, but um, I haven't kept up with a list of, you know, writing where they were and which the ones. But other than that, everything's kind of up to date, I guess. <laughs> Great. Well, definitely, those of you who are listening, please check out Laura's work. It's fantastic. And um, I know you will enjoy her stories. And then, oh, one last final question. Um, I started adding this to the interviews because I heard it on another podcast and I was like, oh, I love that. And so is there anything or any person that you would want to like, you know, just give some gratitude um for um during your art journey well um basically the people that i mentioned um 
like Joe Sapita, he, he really did encourage me at the beginning. And I, when I was like, oh, can I do this? And he showed me an example of a person who was doing it. And he was very, very nice. He's a friend. So yes, Joe Sapita and Margarita Engel, who helped me along the way. We've done presentations together and um, she's amazing. She's a nice, she's a good friend. And also um, she helped me get my my agent, Tara Gonzalez. I'm really thankful for her. And I, I would say like SCBWI in general for all the resources and the, you know, um, friends that I met there and uh, all the, just all the good stuff, all the connection and just feeling like you're part of something instead of just isolated in your studio all the time, you know, and I miss the in-person events uh, for SCBWI, but um there was a writer's day like a few months ago and it really showed me like, oh my God, I miss seeing people in person that I know, but I still do Zooms, you know, we still do like um, the mingles and all that, but anywho, so um, SCVWI. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yeah, there's probably more and all that, but to be continued, I guess. <laughs> well, um, thank you, Laura. Thank you to everybody uh, for listening to My Creative Life. Bye. Thank you so much, Nancy. <laughs>